Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation, and hello, Oliver Davis. How are you? How did you find today's show? I thought it was a good show. We got to get into some, some deep topics. We talked about yeah. racism. I know, yeah. I'm not sure we did very well on that at all, actually. I'm, I'm not looking forward to watching that back. I think we both outlined how little we know of the subject <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to to make it hopefully okay. Where people just go, oh, these two guys are an uh, ignorant idiots yes. rather than oh these two guys are malicious y- yes perhaps because we are most definitely ignorant ig- idiots that is 100% what we are I also anticipate a lot of people calling me negative because I feel like I was really negative in today's a show a negative Nancy I feel like I was a proper negative Nancy in, in this week's show and I'm, so if, if you're listening to the podcast and haven't watched the YouTube version I'm going to apologise in advance uh, for my negativity I'm not I don't purposely mean to be this negative um, yeah, it's WWE's fault. Well, that's that fits in quite nicely with Slow Chemical 15's iTunes the review. Of the world is gone. Okay, well, slow is, chem- that, is that a slow? Is that a song? Are they a band? Yeah, no. So Kane's entrance music was Slow Chemical oh. by Finger Eleven. That was when he went through that period. Thanks. Nice. So, you're doing it again. You're carrying on with it. Sorry, it's good. They write swaftly climbing the iTunes charts. Luke and Ollie's style profile never failed to entertain with their commentary on WWE and wrestling today. If you enjoy passive aggressiveness and wrestling, this podcast is for you. Slow Chemical. Thank you, Slow Chemical Kane Music. Man. Thank you. Um, Pass, do you think we're passive aggressive? Are we? I don't think we are passive aggressive. I, I think we could. I, sometimes we uh we indulge in in heated debates, mm. but we we like to reach consensus. I I agree. Yeah, we like yeah. to give a good reach around to those consensuses. Yeah. Well, you know, I do. <laughs> See, that's passive aggressive. <laughs> uh, then we have Skewered Head seventy nine who write, finally, there's a wrestling podcast that's informative. <laughs> fun luke and ollie are knowledgeable but just still fans of wrestling they consistently provide great content despite what they may say about it do yourselves a favor open up your itunes download wrestle ramble and enjoy the show if you smell lots of l's what luke and ollie are cooking yeah thank you steward head 79 i wonder if that is a reference to the big boss man driving a railroad spike into al snow's uh, mannequin head let's get on with the show (laughs) to reveal the winner of last Saturday's Fantasy Booking Warfare. How can you save the Cruiserweight division? 3,459 of you voted the wrong way. 
61% went for Luke Owen. That's 2,135. And 1,324 went for me with 38%. So. Mwah. Thank you very much, Swaft Nation. You voted correctly. Because, as a lot of people pointed out, the, uh, the task was to save the cruiserweight division. And what you did was kill it. Mm. You went the NWO way. Of, uh, of giving it a lethal dose of poison. I rebranded it <laughs> and made it something better. I don't know. What, and I built up guys in the process. I see where people are coming from, but I think semantically it comes down to what you see as the cruiserweight division. Mm. The concept of a weight class, which I don't agree with, so I'm not going to get behind that, or the actual wrestlers inside the cruiserweight division. The cruiserweight division of the people, surely. I also like the... Someone for my le- purposes. Someone left a comment on our Patreon page that was just like, I voted for Ollie because Luke uh, didn't... Uh, Ollie rebranded 205 Live. And I was like... Well, that's what I did. That's what I did in my booking. No. Plus, you did that. Uh, I'm Luke. I'm just going to make it a Raw Smackdown crossover again. I don't think Screw I did Screw the that. brand split. Daniel Bri- I'm sure Daniel <laughs> oh, Bryan Daniel came Bri- out at one point. That's because he was the face of the Cruiserweight Classic. Throw a rock and you all hit <laughs> Luke breaking the brand split in some fancy booking. Anyway, congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, you won. I did. I am gra- yeah, gracious in victory. I thought that it was a very... Uh, tight uh, fantasy booking warfare. You actually were taking the lead through Patreon backers, through all four people, and uh, and I uh, I sent you a me- you sent me a message to say like ha 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 I'm way out in front, and I just replied to you was like once we get past all of the uh, the the Ollie. Uh, the diehard Ollie fans and people start to think about this with rational sense. The Ollie maniacs. The Ollie maniacs. Then we're going to come to we'll come to some real real thoughts and real real thinking behind this. You're right you because also... because groups that like a few people can get together and come up with something intelligent, but it gets diluted when you get it out into that and people One, make stupid decisions. One hundred percent. One person is smart. A group of people is idiotic. To paraphrase uh, Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black, people. No, a person is clever, witty, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. People are quick to action. Yeah, yeah. so unfortunately, I seem to be a victim of the... Exa- you took advantage of the exact conditions it's- that created Trump, Brexit, <laughs> and uh, I, I found myself on the losing side. I do find it uh, amusing that um, I find that I'm quite gracious in loss. Um, I, You know, I just say it's like, you know, hey, the Swath Nation just voted, mm. uh, voted the wrong way, in my humble opinion. However, when you lose, you take it as like a, an offence that people have uh, are taking against you mm. and have made no. the uh, the wrong choice. No, I just play it up for comedic effect, but uh, I do disagree with everyone who <laughs> voted against me. I can't, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I believe in my booking. It wasn't like a week where I was like, oh, I half-arsed that one. That was like three days of me thinking in showers and when I'm cleaning my teeth or shaving, which don't actually do that much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I lost. So yeah, I'm a little bit, a little bit. A little bit up. Plus, that makes things one all now. So I won the. Uh, God, I always keep forgetting what we did previously. Um, Bobby Roode's debut. Sure, no, was it Bobby Roode? No, it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens and Shane yes. McMahon's feud. So I won that one. You won this one, which means it is one all heading into No Mercy. This is not a work. There's no way we can work these things out because you vote and then this one, the the No Mercy predictions are going to be based on what we come up with. Mm. Uh, They're in the bonkers mind of Vince McMahon's hands. And then the loser will have to record a cover version of Nia Jax's 
whatever it's called not like mode skills yeah a lot of people corrected us uh, mm. and collect, uh, corrected you as well because you've got bobby rude's um song name yeah on as well. glorious domination yeah not glorious dominion, dominion. Mm. You're, you're thinking too much of new japan that's your problem yeah so so yeah that's that's how things stand so tune in this saturday to find out it's a smackdown review Magal, i love it we got us a flying uso so in this episode we're gonna start off with smackdown for a change because we've given raw the first slot recently so we're gonna change things up a tad uh, it opened with Shane McMahon coming down to directly address the actions from last week's show the closing angle which was kevin owens really uh you know probably ill-advised but nonetheless effective segment of headbutting Vince McMahon in the head yeah you mm-hmm. can headbutt you do yeah because you can headbutt someone anywhere of course you can yeah and he headbutts him square in the face yeah right in the forehead right in the forehead and I actually thought the opening uh, package for this was very good WWE's um, video packages across the board were great so, this week I, I, in general WWE are amazing at doing video packages mm-hmm. they're very very good there's some awesome ones on Raw this week particularly around the Reigns uh, Cena yeah. feud going back to the prototype days exactly yeah with a commentary not from that actual show because, oh really because they always called him the prototype so yeah. they can't say like oh the prototype they're looking amazing it's like John Cena looking amazing sure well we'll come on to that with Raw uh, but this was a great opening video package mm. yeah and so but Shane McMahon then come out and cut a promo that was it was weird because the words he was saying like that was a decent script uh but sometimes it's the fault of the performer rather than the writers and in my my humble opinion I didn't think Shane McMahon had the acting chops because he is quite straight one expression yeah pretty much uh and what up Atlanta shuffle like if he had to cut promos with his feet and trainers, <laughs> yeah. he would be at the top of uh, top of the company in terms of promo ability. Mm. But unfortunately, that isn't the case. And he kind of cut a... Uh, wait, I got a Pulp Fiction vibe, I said in my review. Mm. You know, I'm going to condemn you to quite Ezekiel, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's yeah, monologue. Yeah, Ezekiel 2517. That's the one. Not, 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 yeah, yeah. we're not, going to make a wrestling joke. You're going to make an Ezekiel Jackson joke. No, I was going to make a 316 joke. But oh, sure, that, you could use that one I was going to go Ezekiel Jackson. That oh. off-forgotten mid-carder from yeah. like 2000... Oh, I want to say 10, 10 or 11. 11, because mm. he was part of the core. It was really... Uh, Cody Rhodes tells a really good story with him. Oh, yeah? When, uh, yeah, they did a, a thing with the Young Bucks where they did commentary on a match. And I can't remember. It was Sin Cara botched something. So he hot-tagged Daniel Bryan instead of Ezekiel Jackson. And this was meant to be Ezekiel Jackson's big... Uh, you know, he's starting to get a yeah. push. But Daniel uh, Bryan yeah, got it they, all. They had this on Botchamania. I remember that. Now. Yeah. So, yeah, Shane McMahon cut this promo and he said, I'm going to condemn you, Kevin Owens, to hell in a cell. Mm. Which was, it just, yeah, he didn't have the acting chops. No, I, I I didn't buy it. Mm. That was the thing is that, if I, the word, as you said, the words were great. I just didn't buy a single word that he said. I didn't. It didn't make me excited for their hell in a cell match, which... It's a shame, really, because you really should be re- you should be wanting to get pumped up for for Shane McMahon getting his revenge on Kevin Owens, and actually, it, it did nothing for me. I think it's because last week's angle was so realistic, with the blood and just Kevin Owens laying his hands on the the seventy two year old boss of the company. A lot of buzz around it as well. Yeah, and this this needed more realism. Like you wanted to follow that up. But by Shane saying what was so obviously a scripted promo and not delivering it in the way other performers can, it just came off as 
oh, we're back in. Yep, I'm watching a storyline. Yeah, you know, rather than like I'm watching something that that's real. And that's what I prefer. To do. Uh, and and I think that's kind of like across the entire show. You know, there was a, such a hot angle last week, mm. and this was the show you followed it up with. And I just thought this is not a great episode to follow up on, like because in theory. An angle like you had last week with the blood and Vince coming back and being headbutted for real. And then we're going like, oh my God, like if Vince was headbutted for real, like GIF was going around, the video clips being shared around. It was kind of like being mm. talked about by not poss- possibly non-wrestling fans or old wrestling fans who might come back into watching the product. And then, so, so in theory, you've got more people watching this week because more people are going like, oh, I want to see yeah. what the follow-up is. And this was the follow-up. A very, very poor episode of SmackDown. Yeah, if I was one of those casuals who was intrigued by last week's angle, I would have probably tuned down after that. This would not have caught my eye and be like, well, I've got to Mm. tune in again next week now. Because uh, immediately following that, you know, casuals wouldn't know this or non, you know, non-committed WWE fans wouldn't know this. But this was the latest chapter next in the Aiden English Randy Orton feud, where English holds a DQ win. Over the Viper. I mean, and he actually got some offense in on this match. Like, I was fully expecting this to be 100% squash mode, mm. but man, English took some of this match. They won about seven minutes. I know. It, it's the longest SmackDown match in recent memory. Uh, they, Yeah, they did go a bit of time, and it was a bit back and forth, and it does make me think that they are building up Aiden English. When the Vaude villains were broken up earlier this year because Simon Gotch, Gotch. was released... There were reports saying, oh, it's because Aiden English is going to be repackaged now and they're going to give him a bit of a mid-card push. And then that didn't really happen. But now it seems that they're getting behind him. He could be SmackDown's Elias. And uh, someone said, I don't think this is what's going to happen. But someone on Reddit suggested Aiden English become this almost comic book operatic-like villain for the fashion police. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, 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 yeah like twirling awesome. his moustache, being re- yeah. camping it up. Where are the fashion police? I don't know. Being being really good on 205 Live. <laughs> being good somewhere yeah. backstage. Like, they're, they're always... Even on their, their not 100% days, they're still the best thing on SmackDown. I, I actually... I, I Catch this, viewers. I watched 205 Live this week. Everyone's been asking me to watch 205 Live, so I actually watched it this week. I half watched it anyway. I had mm. it on in the background. And uh, they aired that clip of the Fashion Police, and I was like, and to be honest, them airing the clip of the Fashion Police was the best thing on this week's show. It was a highlight from the last week's show. Uh, although Jack Gallagher's promo was very good as well. So Randy Orton finally avenged that loss mm. from Aiden English and got a win with an RKO from out of nowhere. Quite a nice one. Aiden English dived off the top rope. RKO caught him. I also liked uh, English's singing at the start. Yes. Where he said uh, he hears voices in his head. That's surprising because it's full of lead. Got a pop out of me. I yeah. laughed. Because it's not funny enough for to genuinely get him over as a as a good person. Because oh, that's funny. It's like the perfect level of lame joke <laughs> yeah, totally. that a heel should yeah. be making. That's why I like Elias's songs. Mm. Yeah, because like he'll just try and find words that rhyme with suck or like this town stinks, mm. and it's great because it's it. And I love it. everyone claps along, and Sue's like, "And your town sucked." Oh, hey, boo! I hope they they carry on with this because this is a nice addition to Aiden's character, mm-hmm. especially. You know, he you can put you can now put English in a match with someone he has no program with or no history, and he just has to do a that his version of their entrance music, a few stupid lyrics, and boom, you've got a a nice little angle, mini angle to have a match. Exactly. Around. This this should have been the role that Mike Bennett should have had. Yeah, yeah, God, there's another one who's uh, AWOL. Yeah. 
But Rusev came back. Speaking of people who have been missing a lot as of late, Rusev returned from Bulgaria. Was he? He cut a promo. Uh, Well, obviously a memorable promo. In fact, I'll tell you how memorable it was. It wasn't in our notes. And then a lot of people called us out on it in the comments that we didn't talk about Rusev doing a promo. Well, he hasn't felt as though he's been featured properly since he's returned with that, you know, the flag match with Cena and then losing very quickly at SummerSlam. But here, he avenged his loss (laughs) by coming down saying, I'm going to have my SummerSlam rematch now. Took out Randy Orton right away by sort of pushing him into English and then hitting him with a super kick. Got the pin and, like, did a really good job. He went backstage afterwards and Renee Young said... Uh, are you like are you feeling elated after the win? Typical stupid mm-hmm. WWE interview. Are you question. feeling elated? But Renee Young manages to make she's it because she's very good. She manages to make it sound naturalistic. And Rusev said, "What does elated mean?" <laughs> but re- like, really, genuinely, he's such he's, a good actor. He was this for me. This is the lone highlight of SmackDown. Was Rusev's promo the afterwards? Lone this is my lone highlight of this whole show. Oh, wow. I thought he was so good, and actually, just like his celebration after beating Orton, mm-hmm. and then his promo afterwards, I thought he was wonderful. I'm looking forward to what. Hopefully, because we've been down this path before, they'll do something like this with Rusev, and then they'll they'll lose interest yeah. and stop it. I'm, I really hope they're going to stick with this. Uh, because he's really fun to watch. Yeah. He's very funny in promos, and he's a good wrestler. He really is. I'm a big, big supporter of Rusev. So hopefully that that plays out. Next up, however, (sighs) this is probably uh, the most newsworthy part of SmackDown, I'd say. How? How is it the most newsworthy part of SmackDown? Because, well, that's more of an indictment of the rest of the episode. True. And just the fact it's kind of controversial. Because it's race, race, racist. It's racist. <laughs> I uh, okay. So here's a bit of a pulling back the curtain for the Swaft Nation. Um, when I came into the studio today, Ollie was already down the other end. He was recording his SmackDown review, and uh, the, pretty much the first thing you said to me it was like, "What rating are you going to give SmackDown this week?" Because you couldn't decide yourself, yeah, whether to give it a smack bang in the middle or an Ellsworthy. And uh, I, stra- I just sort of flat out said that I thought it was bad. And then you and I had this conversation about the Jinder Mahal promo. And I said, imagine, just imagine you're part of that booking committee, the writing committee for SmackDown Live. And you're looking at last week's show and you're looking at the path you're going down towards Hell in a Cell. And you're like, do you know what we need to do? That Jinder Mahal segment was so good. Let's literally just do it again this week and change nothing about mm. it. We'll do the same joke with a different image but the same promo and the same punchline and that'll be it i kept waiting for nakamura's music to hit and be like okay this is when uh, yeah so we're going to change up this week by having nakamura come down and no absolutely nothing changed about it and i was like okay maybe they're just going to say the nakamura's not here this week hmm. and then backstage but the nakamura's there, yeah. there like having a promo is like oh i'll see him at hell in a cell and i was like okay why didn't he say that to jinder it makes Nakamura look like such a chump. And it makes Jinder look like a complete idiot because he's just cut the same promo two weeks in a row. To no, like a pin drop. No mm. reaction. So I think that's the, uh, so the main problem with this segment is that it's not working. It's not getting over with the crowd. Uh, whatever story they're trying to tell isn't that interesting. No. Or it's, or it is interesting and it's not being well communicated. So... When uh, I I watch SmackDown and then I opened up my Twitter and then I look at all the reactions to SmackDown elsewhere to see if I've missed anything. And a lot of people, the main feedback for this was, oh, right, well, Jinder's going to be racist now. This is is outrageous. 
but I think it's like for the character, it's a typical hypocrite heel thing to do because he accuses everyone of being racist against him. That's his whole shtick. I'm Indian. You're not letting me. Uh, you know, you, you have all these preconceptions about me. And then he's in a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura, who's Japanese. A lot of us were like, well, how's he going to do this gimmick now mm. that he's facing a fellow foreigner? And he's he's now being racist against that foreigner. Yeah. So he's accusing the audience of doing something to him. And then he has no qualms in doing that exact thing he's accusing people of to someone else. That <laughs> That is a perfectly fine yeah, story. Yeah. That is a perfectly fine character piece. But they are... They're not telling that story. No. At least, uh, as you said. Well, they are. It's I just, think it's they just are, but they're, they're not yeah. doing it at all. And it, it, this, as I said, like, you could hear a pin drop in this crowd. Mm. But the only time they came alive and began to boo him is when he did the, when he was racist towards Nakamura. And okay. Did, and did the, was it like something like, you rook stupid or something mm. like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there were two bits. There was a, you rook stupid, which is a play on the Japanese accent and not being too good with L's. And he just said, Mr. Miyagi, the karate. Uh, Mr. Mr. Miyagi, yeah. And and then the the funniest thing about that was then he kept trying to get the Singh brothers to do the wax on, wax off gimmick, but they weren't looking at him. They were Mm. just doing their own thing. And he was like, guys, guys, wax on, wax off. Guys, guys, wax wax on. Guys, guys, wax on. I was like, Jinder, they're not looking at you, mate. Just do it yourself. The Singh brothers were still the best thing about this whole bit. Yeah, but they did it last week. Yeah. Hey, if, the, you, if you were doing a sitcom, oh, mm. I was about to say, this is quite actually a common of a sitcom, if, if you're the Big Bang Theory anyway. But imagine if you're a sitcom and you write your joke and you're like, that joke's pretty good. That's that's a very funny line. And then you're like, okay, well, what are we do for next week's show? Let's just do that exact same joke again. Mm. When you do it, it's like, it's less funny that second time round. Hence yeah. the Big Bang Theory. I think they I think they definitely built on the uh, the racial stereotype things, though, because the previous week... There was only one that was like one Godzilla line. I guess there was the Pikachu as well. But this time round, the crowds, the crowd actually chanted, that's too far. What, you say the crowd far. chanted, five people chanted it. I, you could hear it. Yeah, so I think it was more than five I people. think I always say, like, if if you can just hear... Because I can't even make oh, out I, what I they were saying. I disagree with that. But uh, so this is my thing. And I don't know if a conversation about racism is the best thing to have on a wrestle ramble or a mm. wrestling theme podcast but and i'm fully i'm fully right to be wrong this is just me trying to understand what's going on why is making fun of someone's accent or doing an impression considered racist it's, because if i was to do you know people mock the british accent all the time or, or like I, I like to do a French one. I like to do if the if something rude, if I do something rude in my household, I will automatically slip into French Holly, which is a, a character where I just you know <laughs> do the stupid French accent. Yeah, a little for a racist while. character. Yeah, a little racist character. Is it racist or is it just mocking a? Because uh, the French, I mean, to, by the definition of the word, the French aren't a race. I get that xenophobic. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like, so why, why, why? Because everyone, everyone said, "Oh, it was th- so racist." I think it was this a racist is thing. this is a bigger picture conversation mm. uh, than we can really have on this this restaurant sure. podcast. I was just, I was just, I'm curious though. I don't know. I, I think it's it's a case because of, I do of, feel weird about it. So well, something's yeah. not right. Well, that's what I mean, and I, that, I think that's what it kind of stems from. And if if it makes you feel weird and uncomfortable, then that's probably because it's a bad thing. But like, some of my favorite things make me feel weird <laughs> and uncomfortable. <laughs> but like. 
so uh, I, I think I told you this story before, but there's a, a book that I really like by a, a friend of mine, Blake Harris, called Console Wars, a brilliant book about the war between Sega and Nintendo in the yeah. early 90s. If you're a fan of retro gaming and Sega and Nintendo in particular, check out this book. It's absolutely awesome. Blake's a really nice guy. And the audiobook is particularly good as well. However, because there's a lot of Japanese characters in there, the very white guy doing the uh, narration does a lot of like, ah, oh, so I work for Sega and a lot of that. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, this makes me feel mm. a bit weird. This makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. I can't explain it. I don't know why that is. It's particularly very difficult for to explain because I am a very white man, a very, very... I know. Oh God, you are. To look at me with my. What? I know, particularly because I listen to Public Enemy a lot. Heel the, turn. I, <laughs> I thought you were one of us. <laughs> uh, but I am. I am the the, the whitest of the white mm. guys. Uh, I am. I'm vanilla rice. You know. I am in this scenario. So I don't think I really have like a. I can't put a stake into this claim in the same way that I can't uh, say that this is offensive to women because I am not one. Uh, and I think you have the right to say stuff is offensive or yes, not. Yes, I know. If you're I, not one absolutely. of those people, I, I know absolutely. However, I'm not the sort of person uh, who can then. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I can. Maybe I can. And I suppose I do a lot actually because mm. I do think things are offensive sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but like all this conversation we're having here is so more in, so much more interesting than what's being presented on television. So, I'm, I'm trying to work out what isn't working because I think. I think you can do a racist angle and I think it could work. And I'm just, I was just trying to think like what I would change to make it work. And the, the only thing I could think of, please comment below if you think of a better idea is if it was Kevin Owens in this role. So Jinder Mahal is not anywhere close to the WWE championship and Kevin Owens has it. He's facing uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and he cuts a promo about yada, yada, yada. And then at the end, he very knowingly, emphasizes that that like the rook the same or, or some like allusion to racism there subtle but i reckon kevin owens's delivery can put a strain on it where it could be either way but everyone knows what he said but he can say i didn't but he obviously did because he's playing mind games and the payoff would be nakamura would overcome this and everyone cheers for the good guy and people do chant that's too far when he says it yeah and, and, and that, that's a really nice not nice but it's a very interesting story to but they, tell they have like. sort of done that before mm. they did it with Zeb Coulter when he first started managing Jack Swagger yeah, yeah, doing yeah. The, the the real American stuff and you know he would he basically cut promos on Alberto Del Rio being champion just being like Mexicans are coming over our border and taking mm. our jobs uh, and, and then it, we the people got and over. then we the people got over unfortunately um, but there was a like they that WWE got a lot of press a lot of negative press mm. admittedly but they did get a lot of press and actually like Brian Alvarez a, a Hispanic uh, wrestling journalist had to do a lot of interviews being like you know what it's actually it's fine because he's a heel he's saying yeah. bad things we're not meant to agree with him that's it yeah I think that's that's he if Jinder Mahal does stuff that can be misconstrued as racist I I I, I don't think he's being racist. I just think he's bringing up racial stereotypes. Yes, yeah, but that is, but uh, yeah, but stereotypes are meant to be a, a negative thing, in some in some respects. Mm. I yeah, still I, please explain it to me. I I I, I do feel weird about it. Well, they, okay, but I don't again, get it. And I as don't as understand a, it. And again, as a sort, as again, I come back to this. You and I are two. We're straight white males. Mm. We are like the least targeted demographic in the world, because. 
we are represented in absolutely every form of medium to the it's nth awesome. degree. It's, it's, it's really helpful for me. <laughs> you go on the internet, it's full of people that look like you and I. You go to movies, it looks like it's full of people that look like you and I. So uh, we, I, I, I don't know what it's like to not be represented or to be stereotyped against. Mm. So that that is why I don't think I can explain articulately uh, why this is uh, this is an issue. Well, next up, rather tactfully placed, was this the Jennifer Lopez video package. It's Hispanic Month. They do this around Black History I Month know, as well. I know, but it's just so trend. Like Jennifer Lopez has no connection to wrestling. No, she's never done a a theme tune. Maybe she collaborated with Pitbull for or Flo Rida for one of his many. <laughs> WWE pay-per-view songs. I genuinely thought they were going to do video packages on Eddie Guerrero. Mm. That's what I was expecting. That would make so much more sense and be a lot more respectful. It just came off as phony and fake and I did not like that. And what I will say is perhaps there is a reason behind that. If there is, please tell us what it is in the comments. But we are British and therefore we we don't have uh, Hispanic History Month here. Sticking with United uh, States stuff, the United States title was was on the line between AJ Styles and Baron Corbin in a match that never got started. Yeah, um, I, do you know what? And it's actually, I'm f- kind of fine with it. Yeah, I I'm kind of fine with it. And actually, I like the fact that Ty got involved because it's now kind of creating this nice little three-way feud. He gets Ty on TV and yeah. gets it. It kind of elevates him. I did see someone on um, uh, on Twitter this morning got in touch with me. I do apologise. I haven't got your your name written down, uh, but he got in touch with me to say that he wasn't a fan of this because it's made it too predictable now that it's heading and he, he just feels that on the whole WWE programming is too predictable oh yeah but um, uh, but I, I kind of disagree with that it's like oh it's just clear they're going to have a so predictable they're now going to have a three way at Hell in a Cell and I'm like that's not predictable that's telling a story mm, mm. and and I, as a storytelling I, I quite like this and it keeps Ty in the mix I think this is an effective way to start getting Ty over yeah. and not pushing him down people's throats he's just quite organically open the challenge there was some beef with Corbin and he's kind of working his way in there. I like this. I was and a hopefully, fan. last week when Tom Phillips protected the idea of him hitting, uh, of, of Ty hitting his finisher on AJ and saying, oh, he didn't get all of it because he didn't roll down the knee pad, that could build, that's, that's a very nice, subtle piece of storytelling for a longer program where he eventually does hit it. Yeah. So hopefully that's where they're going. I, yeah. I would, uh, I, yeah, I'm a fan of this actually. I was a bit like at the start, oh, another US title match that has been built up for a while and then it's not delivered Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I like this but in the grand scheme of things there's been so many US title start stop matches that it is getting a bit frustrating I would like a match because AJ Styles has the US title open challenge right now well, that's the other side of it as well. The, and the thing that, that I don't like about the the way that this has been going is that the AJ Styles Open Challenge has given the opportunity to have like the best match on TV and to have like 15, 20-minute matches mm-hmm. every single week on TV with guys that aren't on TV a lot. Like, you could give Mike Bennett some time. You could give Luke Harper some time. Just get some of these guys on TV. You don't have to have them... like, And then just like, oh, yeah, remember this guy? Just builds them up yeah, on TV. Yeah. You can then work character stuff from there. But what they've done is they've kind of like... They've skipped over that bit and jumped straight into the storyline aspect mm-hmm. of it. And... I think that we could have actually had a bit more time spent uh, on this. You know, yeah. I, if if it were me, if I was doing this as a fantasy book in warfare, I'd have done a couple of months of AJ doing the open challenge and just having these matches. Maybe have like we see 
sow the seeds with the Baron Corbin stuff and the Ty Dillinger stuff down there. But you could have had, like, bring up a guy from NXT for a week. You could have had any guy come out from the back. Do that on pay-per-view as well. It had been really enjoyable. I completely agree. Up until this point, there wasn't much... Uh, I wasn't very impressed with the episode. But the uh, the women's segment actually started to get me back into it again. I thought this was a, a very good promo between Charlotte and Natalia, even though it did end up being that old copy and paste thing of each person coming out and saying... I deserve a title shot. No, I deserve yeah, a title shot. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan comes out and does, you'll all get an opportunity to have a title shot in the main event, holla holla Undertaker. Yeah, I actually, I thought I was expecting him to come out and announce that you'll all get a title shot at, mm. at Hell in a Cell. And I'm like, guys, we're doing this on Raw. Like, yeah. we're doing this, this on SmackDown as well. So I'm glad that it went down this way. Although I'm not overly keen on this idea that natalia's new gimmick is that she's a crazy cat lady and that's just like that's that's everyone's joke that they've got now because mm. i'm like pretty much pretty much everyone cut that promo on her and i'm like all right guys like that's that's not a good that's not a great gimmick because it's not that great an insult anyway i i didn't mind it it's yeah. much better than the flatulent stuff well uh, yeah well granted anything's better than that yeah I thought it was good. It was nice when Charlotte came out as well, gave a brief update on Ric Flair, and WWE are capitalising on that by pushing her into the top babyface position, which she very much deserves. I think that was always the plan anyway, mm. really, because it's it's Charlotte. Like As soon as she was back, she was always going to be slotted straight up into the, uh, the main event picture. But she was always kind of heel, bit babyface, bit heel. Now she's full on, and everyone's behind her as a full on babyface. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take someone off TV, even if they were a heel... Sometimes when they come back, people just want to cheer them. See Seth Rollins from about two years ago. Yeah. Although this also doesn't isn't isn't a uh, a great uh, it's not a great showing for Lana as in her new managerial role for Tamina because um, she hasn't really got her championship opportunities mm. and um, what she did get her into was a match where she had twenty five percent chance of winning and she didn't win. Yeah. Well. Uh, That's great storytelling. Next up, we had New Day beating the Hype Bros in a very quick match. Uh, This was great, as always, from the New Day. They Mm -hmm. just had a very good couple-of-minute match. Usos were on commentary, keeping that alive. But the real intrigue here came with what happened afterwards. Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder were being all broody backstage. This is our Broody. yeah, like you, you, <laughs> yeah. Mm, you know, there's a different word here, isn't there? Yeah, no, I know what you mean because I'm, I'm pretty sure that is yeah, the yeah. word as well. But like when I hear that word, what I hear is that they you want they want to have children together. Yeah, so they were just backstage talking about kids' clothes <laughs> and what then what their kids' names should be. <laughs> they were brooding. They yeah, were brooding, brooding backstage. Yes, that's better. And uh, this is after Zack Ryder refused to shake the hands of. Uh, American Alpha, American Beta, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this looked good. Serious Mojo Rawley is quite intriguing. Man, if this if this heel turn, if this can turn me around on the mm. Mojo character, because I hate the Mojo Rawley character. Hate him with a passion. Anytime he's not on TV, my week is a little brighter. Yeah. If this heel turn can turn me around them, I'll be so... I'd love it. I really hope that this heel turn can do something great for them. And they need to, really, because the only heel team on SmackDown are the Usos. Yeah. You've got the New Day. You've got American Beta. You've got the Fashion Police. And who, are, yeah, who are MIA. Yeah, and then you've got the, the Hype Bros. So, yeah, that would be a nice way to address the balance. Uh, I'm I'm all in for it. And from what I saw here, right, I'm very intrigued, genuinely intrigued, to see Mojo Rawley turn heel. 
someone I did not care about <laughs> leading up to this. So well done on that front. Next up, we have my highlight of the entire show, which was a very, very, very good promo live via satellite from Kevin Owens. Yeah, it was good. That's it. It was good. Mate, I, like, what are you like? He he said some things like, "I'm not excited for this promo, like for this feud anymore." I thought this was a very good and it's delivered very, very well. Kevin Owens is ace; he's great. I tell you what, I didn't like though, mm. and actually, how I uh, I hated the fact he apologized. I hate the I hated the fact he opened this saying like, "I'm sorry, I did it," because the Kevin Owens shouldn't the Kevin Owens character shouldn't be sorry that he did that. He should be saying like, "You pushed me into it. I didn't want to do it." But clearly, like, you know, he did want to do it, but you pushed me into it. And that did not come across in this promo. That's exact. That was what the whole I, promo was about. I, di- I didn't get that because the first thing I got was just like, I'm sorry I did that. What? And then you stopped listening to when he blamed <laughs> no. it all on Shane McMahon. No, exactly. Yeah, didn't Shane McMahon. But it's like, it was never any point. It was like, oh, and you pushing me, mate. I didn't get it. No, oh, I, I, that, it didn't come across to me that way. I thought this was an incredible piece of character work from Kevin Owens. And it, this is what Kevin Owens should be. It's how he kind of used to be as Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor. And that's this psychotic sort of very violent person who never ever blames himself. Never blames himself, yeah. He blames the 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 heelish acts, his faults on other people. It can never be Kevin Owens' fault. The the most obvious example is against Sami Zayn. When he turned on Sami Zayn, it was like, it's your fault, you made me do this. Because you, you got to WWE first, yeah. therefore I have to do this to you. Yeah, and he, he never, never ever saw Sami's side of it. It all took it. And it's kind of like from this level of hurt and outward anger. It's a fascinating character. And he, like at the start when he apologised to Vince McMahon, I was, I was with you. I was like, ah, that kind of takes the, the edge off a bit for me. But then he transitioned into saying, it's, it's all your fault, Shane. You made me do this. I and wonder, I was like, yeah. that's the masterstroke. I because, wonder. Sorry. Because that's um, when Kevin Owens was beating down. Uh, Vince McMahon he kept on like looking very apprehensive and then going to do it again it was a fantastic multi-layered performance and what he's done here is he's he's carrying that that faceted character piece over into it by saying look I don't want to do these things you make me do it's it's a much more three-dimensional piece than just saying yeah I did it I'm gonna beat you all up yes yeah. now he's got I'm sorry for what I did but it's your fault like that's much more dramatically interesting for me I perhaps it was when you said you kind of joked that maybe I, he said sorry and then I stopped listening. Mm. I'm almost certain that might have been what happened. Yeah, because that is what you just described. Then was much more interesting than what I heard in my head. Mm. And maybe it was the Shane promo at the start just kind of turned me off on the whole thing. Yeah, that maybe, wasn't good. Maybe it was the phrasing of the, of the opening of just like of apologising for it was rather than opening with I didn't want to do it, but I you forced me into doing it. Maybe mm. that would have been a better way of, of of phrasing it. But I just turned off on the promo, and and that's a real shame because I'm I, I'm such a Kevin Owens mark. And I want to see that character that you're saying then. Because that character was, I saw last week, because he was the best thing on the show, like by yes. leaps and bounds last week. The best thing in the whole... And that between that segment with him and Vince McMahon, he was far and away the best thing in it. And yeah, this promo did nothing for me. Mm. But perhaps that's on me, rather than on Steen and uh, and the writing he was given. Sure, yeah. Well, I yeah, I, I was a big, big fan of this. And yeah. I love the line at the end, because it was echoing off Shane's promo at the start, I'm going to condemn you to hell. And Kevin Owens looks right into the camera, completely believing what he's saying. People like me don't go to hell. They go to heaven. And I was just like, that's 
that's such a good line. It's not a money line, mm. but from a dra- dramatic and character standpoint, that's that sums him up. Like he he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. I I thought it was fantastic. Um, Dolph Ziggler up next. Oh God! It's exactly the same. This segment Reece. is utter death, and this was the worst week of him. But this has got to end. I know it's going to end next week when Bobby Roode interrupts, but Booby Roode, Booby Roode, it has got to come to an end. This is just awful television mm-hmm. and this crap because this goes on for like i don't know 10 10 20 minutes no, it, it goes on and on and on this we could have had a great match in this place yeah but no what we get is dolph ziggler just and i don't buy it when he says his words i don't believe he's saying mm-hmm. it and someone said this on twitter the, uh, last week and they were completely right this what would make this better is at the end of it he beats a jobber Mm. If there's a jobber in the ring and he comes out to do his entrance for his match yeah. and then he goes like, no, that entrance just isn't big enough for you guys, is it? I better do a more elaborate entrance before my match. And then he comes out and he and he does this. And then he comes out and he has the match and just completely buzz it. Like, it squashes the guy and it's like, I told you guys, I'm the best. I don't need mm-hmm. elaborate entrances. That makes it work. Him just coming out, doing three different entrances and then just being like, yeah, you guys suck. You don't think I'm good. And then leaving. No, no one's booing him. No one's booing what he's doing. No one's cheering what he's doing either. They're chanting CM Punk, if anything. It just doesn't work. It is dreadful television. And in a kayfabe storyline, why are Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon letting him do it? Mm. Why have they allowed him 10 minutes of TV time to come out and just do this crap week in, week out? This is diabolically bad. Yeah, well, I I agree with... I don't think it's as bad as you do. Uh, but I, I agree with that. You, the jobber thing would be much better. Yeah. I also think, just from a, a slight tweak... He shouldn't come out and say, like, because at the moment he comes out and then he says, now I'm going to do some other people's entrances. <laughs> he he should just cut, like, the Triple H's music should hit, which makes sense considering Vince stuff from the week before. And everyone goes crazy. And on from the Kevin Owens promo. Yeah, and then Ziggler walks out. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, well, I forgot about this guy. Like, wait. That's uh, such a simple thing that, to change. Yeah, but that might draw heat. And yeah, by the looks of things, this is not designed to draw heat. This is death comes to television, does nothing for Ziggler, will do nothing for Booby Rude when he comes out to face him next week. Man, this is the pit. Unless, unless next week he does come out to CM Punk's music. Do you know what? I get this, like, about five times a day someone comes to me on Twitter and says, like, oh, do you think he'll do CM Punk? I don't think they will do. Mm. I mean, no, they won't. But, they, uh, they won't because, again, that might draw legitimate heat and mm. I don't think that's the aim here. The main event was Charlotte beating Naomi, Becky Lynch and Tamina to become the number one contender for Natalia's Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell. This was a good main event. It was 10 I minutes I thought long. it was pretty sloppy in places. Oh, okay. I, well, thought, yeah. I thought a lot of people were out of position. Naomi and Tamina in particular were... like Naomi was all over the show mm. in this and Tamina was pretty bad. She took that like face kick at the end just awfully. Mm. I thought it was pretty sloppy in places, but its moments that it had were 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 good. Like the moon salt, the moon salt onto, onto two, two people. people. That, that was, was good. That was good. So there there was stuff, good stuff peppered throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, my takeaway from it was like it's a bit of a sloppy main event. It's not a great showing from all four. I think sometimes when you've when you've had a bad, you haven't enjoyed the show, you do pick up on things like that yeah. in the main event. Whereas I quite was enjoying the show by this point and I really liked the women's segment that set it up yeah no, so I, I, I did enjoy it I, I wanted to like this main event but it, it didn't do anything for me the real good thing about it is rather than chucking all the women in multi-person matches 
at the pay-per-view, which is what we feared they were going to do, it seems they've actually set up a secondary feud with Naomi getting pulled out by Lana. So I see a Naomi Tamina feud happening off the back of this. And you've got the title feud. Carmella's got the briefcase. All of a sudden... That's a that's a proper division with multiple stories. But what a what a shocking revelation! But poor old Becky Lynch gets nothing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know. I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. Raw opened with Kurt Angle telling us exactly what we saw last week. Sort of. He loves doing that, doesn't he? Yeah. He loves coming down to the ring and being like, so you saw that video package there. Now I'll explain to you what happened in it. And it was just so someone could come out and interrupt him. In this case, it was The Miz who said, I didn't have a match at SummerSlam. What the hell? Mine's Continental Championship hasn't, you know, isn't been given the the lofty... The credence. The, the credence it deserves. Yes. And... Initially, like this could have been done wrong because you you might be in danger of positioning Miz as a fighting champion. But you know, like give me competition, I want a match, which I don't think suits Miz's character. But they did it in a much better way, where it's like it's about the championship. So mm-hmm. I, I I that was a nice storytelling touch. I appreciate. Also, it, it's a really good character piece for Miz of just being like, guy, like I'm your number one guy, mm. like I'm your main eventer right here. Yeah. Do you not see how good I am? I should be on paper. I'm in movies. I'm in I'm in movies. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a really nice character piece for for Miz. I'm I'm a I'm really high on the Miz at the moment. I think he's really really great. He's he's been consistent. He's been doing the best work of his career for about a year yeah like that's that's that a pretty Dean, that damn good run Dean Ambrose for you to side mm. it's been a really good run for Miz so Jason Jordan then walked out after Miz said some uh, nasty things to Kurt being a dad which no one buys into it's it's uh yeah, it's, not, it's just not worked, has it? No. But there's, it's still there. They're still yeah. going with it. They're downplaying it as much as they can do, but unfortunately they've backed themselves into a corner where they have to talk about it. Like, if they just stopped talking about it, it would be really weird. Yeah. But um, it does need to be dropped. 
So Jordan came out and defended his part, and so, who had already made like a, a fatal four-way main event. And Miz is like, oh, you're just putting your son in there. Fair comment, really. Mm-hmm. So because he lost the last two matches over the last two weeks. Yeah, but look, looking good in defeat. Looking good in defeat, yeah. Uh, so they made a six-pack challenge, which added Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Made me super excited for the main yeah. event. I was really looking forward to this. So all the things they'd done leading up to, uh, or recently, was Jason Jordan looking valiant in defeat, like you said. And I'm like, oh, they're actually taking an organic, nice approach to this, similar to how they were using Chad Gable on SmackDown. And then they just put him right back in the feud that we didn't want to see. Him yeah, in. I was going to say, because like... When he came out for his matches with Cena and Reigns, and when he came out this week, he's not getting booed anymore. Mm-hmm. People are actually kind of like cheering him and getting behind him because he's so good. He's so awesome in the ring, and he's a very charismatic guy. Not charismatic enough to get over this anchor that's been tied to his uh, to his trainers. Yeah. But yeah, this was like, and and they did, they did this with the the women's match on SmackDown as well, which is because you open the show with Jason Jordan. Saying like, oh, I'm I'm in this match now, and I'm facing off against the Miz, mm. and then you don't have the Miz interacting with really anyone else in the show. You're like, well, cool. So Jordan's winning in the main event then. Yeah. And the same thing happened on SmackDown because Naomi came, uh, Natalia came out to mm. go to face face with Charlie. Like, cool. So Charlotte's winning the main event then, right? Yeah, it's it's a bit telegraphy, isn't it? Yeah, it is telegraphing. And uh, next up, we had Nia Jax beating Alexa Bliss in a match that's been built up for about half a year. There was just thrown away here in about i mean it can't have gone longer than two minutes of actual tv of actual time. tv time no so I, alexa bliss was running yeah. around at the start away from nia jacks fun story she tries to run out the arena uh, but sasha banks is there stops her and then that's where the ad break happens back from ad break nia jacks slams her and wins yeah pretty much uh, I genuinely thought that Alexa Bliss walking out was going to be the end match. She's going to take the count out loss, and then that would be it. Then Sasha Banks can, like, yeah. after that loss, then Sasha can come out, force her back into the ring, and you can do that bit. I probably would have preferred that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, like, someone took me to task in the, the YouTube comments a couple of weeks ago because I said that I, I quite like Nia Jax, and I think that Nia Jax is really improving. Mm-hmm. I think she's really improving. Yeah, she's got a great I, presence. She's got such a great presence. She's got, an, she's got a great look. She has a great entrance. She looks like a badass in the ring. She And, you know, it's, it's the Braun Strowman thing. When Braun first started, he was the drizzling poops. He mm. was very, very bad. But now he's like, he's awesome. He's great because people learn. Was he, was he brought up too early? Absolutely. But he recovered. He came up to it very quickly. Was Nia Jax brought up too early? Yes, indeed she was. But she was not ready for that main uh, for that spotlight just yet. But she's come on leaps and bounds. And I really enjoyed her in this match. Well, I, I hope it, you'll well, enjoy this doing angle. The, I hope you enjoy her uh, doing her entrance music video as well. I mean, it's a belting song. When you song. lose <laughs> the predictions war. It is a belting song. Really, this was all designed for Bailey's return. Yeah. Which got a pop from me, which makes but it feels like this was just decided a couple of hours before the show. Oh, Bailey's been cleared, okay. Uh, yeah, let's just put her in, let's make it a fatal five way. I think the the bigger thing for this really is because they were in San Jose, so she was going to come out to get a huge pop because it's her hometown, yeah. And I I did think that as well when she came out, she got this huge pop. I was like, man, some time off, really. Did Bailey's got an okay pop? It was it was a bigger pop than she's had. You know, in, yeah, she was booed we when she was injured. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, maybe that time off really did do us good. And then Michael Cole was like, big pop from her hometown crowd of San Jose. And I was like, aha, mm-hmm. that'll be why she got a big pop then. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have added her into this match. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of fine as the as the four way it was. Maybe you'd have saved her return for after that, but 
if you wanted that big sort of hometown pop, then it was the right time to do it. It's weird, isn't it? It's like even when WWE put a baby face over strong in their hometown, they still somehow managed to make it not work. Because what happened after the match is Nia Jax is there, this intimidating presence, and the three women, Banks, Bliss and Bailey, the three Bs, all gang up on Nia Jax. So yeah. I'm not too... I'm like, okay, that's fine because, you know, I like she it. is big. Yeah. Uh, but then Bliss... Sorry, uh, Banks and Bailey ganged up on Alexa Bliss. And I was like, I mean, she is she is annoying in, in kayfabe terms, but now now it just seems like you're both bullies. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're meant you to be baby faces. Yeah, you just beat her up two on one. Yeah. That's not fair. And the other person, it was three on one. Yeah. What? <laughs> this yeah. ju- I mean, I get, I get why you did it, but you shouldn't have. No, yeah, no, yeah, I get. So I, I would have preferred it if they would, because I laughed out loud when Bailey and Banks put the raise up their hands and Bliss just wedged yeah. in between the two of them and went like, "Yeah, I'm great too. We're mm. the best of friends." And then they kind of like shot these looks, and I was like, "That's a really nice moment," like because they're like, "Well, we we're celebrating together, but we don't like you." Yeah. We just we we work together to take out the uh, the big competition, but this does not fill me with confidence for how Bailey is going to be booked going forward. Mm, no, probably not because it was everything that was wrong with her previous run. Yeah, and it's not in your notes, so I'm just going to bring it up quickly now. Mm. They ran two Asuka promos throughout yeah, the show yeah. about Asuka's coming to Raw. Uh, they showed her face. Yeah, but once again, focusing all on the mask. They took the mask off. Yeah, I know, but they've it's got like, like five weeks. I I know they've got five weeks. But, like, dude, when Balor came up to the main roster, it's just this, it's this Vince McMahon thing, because he doesn't watch NXT. So when these guys come up, he's just like, oh, what's his character? Oh, he puts this face paint on. Why does he do that? Oh, it, what does this Finn Balor mean? It means Demon King. That's what he is. Mm. He's the Demon King. The when Demon he puts King. on the face paint, when he puts on the paint, he becomes a demon. And that's what we're going to play up on. And then with this, it's just like, who is she then? She's asking, let me see her entrance. What's the mask all about? She wears this mask. That's what her character is. She wears the mask. She's going to be the baby mask Asker. <laughs> baby mask. And every every time they refer to her. Yeah, so that, yeah, that that's what... It, oh, yeah, they'll hammer home the mm. Empress of Tomorrow when she comes up, if that's what they're going to stick with. Well, I, I, I'm quite enjoying the Asker teasers. I, I'm not against it like you are. I'm not against it. I just don't focus on that. Like, focus on her being a badass. That's what I'm saying. Sheamus and Cesaro beat Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows in the next match, which was a really, really good match. I'd probably say yeah. this was match of the week 100%. in WWE. Absolutely. On the SmackDown, at least. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no substance to it. It was almost like a house show match. Can I, yeah. Can I, can I pitch you a better, a better version of this? Tell me. So I was thinking about this while I was watching it because I really liked... Um, uh, Shamara's promo beforehand where mm. they were like yeah they're just a nostalgia we really like nostalgia in the moment don't we everything's being rebooted they said Star Wars Star Wars has been rebooted it's a continuation it's a different thing also weren't you in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 it's a reboot mate yeah. um, and so you know, kind of doing these these things that was relied on nostalgia um, so it's kind of this promo and I suddenly thought I know a better way of do- doing this story and how you actually could have built up this this angle rather than just doing the same thing mm-hmm. week after week or doing the same story you did last month and the months before that blah, blah 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 why don't you have Seamus and Cesaro putting over this idea is like you're only cheering for uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose because they remind you of the shield it's a nostalgia act just like the Hardys are a nostalgia act and then just in the weeks leading up to Hell in a Cell have them beat nostalgia acts 
bring back tag oh, teams nice. from yeah, like yeah, WWE yeah. past and being like, ah, oh, you're going to cheer these guys, are you? Too because, cool. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. The headbangers. Like, just yeah. bring back these teams that no one really cares about. Just squash them really quick. They don't give them any offense. If you're going to do too cool, you have to do the tea to the worm. Break that up. Get the yes. new heat. That's that and the other. But it's just like, yeah, that's our gimmick. We beat up Nostalgia Racks, and that's what we're going to do at No Mercy. That'd be great. Yeah, that's... uh. Yeah, and they could they could do the the heel hypocrite thing as well of accusing them of just being two single stars who have got together when that's exactly what yes, they are. Perfect. Yeah, so maybe they could do that. That could be the 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 space between the next pay per views. Yeah, is just beat up two people put two together. Two single stars put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a much better way of doing but it. But no, this what, was this was a very good match. Problem is that um, <clears throat> next week on Raw they're probably going to do Dean Ambrose versus Sheamus. Yeah, and Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Yeah. yeah. But we did get a nerds line <laughs> from uh, Luke Gallows, yeah. which was oh, always brilliant. But again, they're doing this thing with Dean and Seth where they're making them both wacky characters. The, the well, as soon as he went like the nerds and says like, "Oh no, no, you can't say, oh, don't say that, oh no, oh, don't say that," and then Dean did the, yeah. "No one calls me a nerd." I'm like, where did this character piece come from? When's this ever happened? Yeah, I I laughed. It was funny, but. They shouldn't do it. (laughs) They're meant to... That's not their characters. They're meant to be badass. Why are you trying to make them a goofy comedy act? I don't know. Same. Yes. But I, I, you know, I got to hear the Carl Anderson um, Muttley laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Nerds! It's not on TV enough. So Mm. that was good for me. That was good enough for me. Someone who does have a good comedy act, however, is Kurt Hawkins. Love this. Who came out and said, it's now over. The streak's over. I'm going to start winning. So he's yeah. had this like 115 match losing streak, which sounds iffy to me. It I was 100 I... a week ago. Oh, was it? No, it was 100 like a quite recently. I guess in a house, house shows. shows. Yeah. I, I thought they might have done a Goldberg thing with it. Well, that's what I'm hoping they are going to do a Goldberg. I'm hoping we're going to start seeing signs coming into the arena now with like yeah. zero and 120. <laughs> the wrong that, way round. Exactly. That would be yeah. so great. If And to be honest, if you want that to get over, have Hawkins do it. Have mm. Hawkins come out with the sign and then encourage people to, to kind of replicate that. It's I like, love this gimmick. Yeah, so the common thing is no one gets over with a losing streak. But hey, if it's a comedy act, this this has a lot of potential. Yeah. Uh, no one looks strong in beating him. It did nothing for Apollo Crews, but that's not the point. Yeah. Sometimes you just need an act. Uh, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar up next in a split-screen interview that was actually filmed the previous week. So it was weird how they did it. Michael Cole was doing these questions live in the arena on the commentary desk. And yeah, they were presumably playing out these these gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah which was good timing on on yeah, their part. Yeah, they and managed then, to pull it off very well. Decent promos from both lads. I I liked this. I liked Brock's line uh, at the end. You know, Suplex City, bitch. Yeah, that was that was always fun. But it the Samoa Joe one was so much better. Yeah, great balls of fire. I, I completely agree as well because you had that whole thing of like Joe storming out and trying to find where he's being recorded, mm. which was so much cooler than this. But again, you don't want to repeat what you've done previously or try and like the hard thing is then to try and top what you've done yeah. uh, previously. I, I I was a fan of this, and it it's not like the uh, if it were if you were had the possibility, I'd have swapped these two weeks around. Definitely ended you know ended this show. With the the no sell of the of the suplex and lead that into no mercy then rather than having that super hot angle last week and then this week is just a and they're having a chat yeah exactly exactly what I was gonna say make your go home angles the biggest cliffhanger angles you can yeah that's so the point the argument that you can have there is like oh, well uh, Brock wasn't booked to be on this week's show book him for this week's show and don't book him yes. for last week's show uh, 
weirdly, we had a similar thing come in the next segment, which was Roman Reigns coming out to cut a promo. And he did the whole uh, rock spiel about how... So when John Cena was in his feud with The Rock, he accused Rock of leaving Hollywood, leaving for Hollywood, becoming a part-timer. And now that's exactly what's happening to Cena. He's not here tonight. Uh, if you follow WWE on Twitter, though, you'd know Cena was at the house show in SmackDown in China. That's why he wasn't there. Yeah. So he wasn't actually... But still, it was a good promo. And he brought up Alex Riley. Yeah, I, okay, so this was far and away the best that roman has been in this entire feud because every other bit that he's been in he's always been overshadowed by john cena Mm. being so much better than him but reigns was great here and i don't know why they've waited until now to do the you're here via satellite or you're you're never here you're a part-timer like he keeps saying like oh you're a part-timer but mate he's in the ring with you yeah like it's hard to get it's hard for you to say like yeah you're a part-timer when he's been here for the last couple of months like they could have done this so much better and this is also uh, the other thing i was going to say this is also the first time where he said stuff where you're like yeah you're right because mm. previously it's just like i'm selling tickets and uh house shows are doing well and pay per do guys like nope and nope and nope and ratings are up no they're not uh, i sell more merchandise no you don't mm-hmm. and um and it's like you're not making it in hollywood yes he is so everything that he said, you're like, no, you're wrong, mate. John Cena's right about everything he's saying, but you're saying things that aren't true. This time he was saying things you're like, yeah, you are. You're right. Everything you're saying is true. And Cena's a hypocrite because he said the exact same thing. Mm. And like, I, this was great. I loved this. Yeah, it was a very good promo. Rain seemed a lot more relaxed having yeah. the ring to himself and not <laughs> Cena waiting to trip him <laughs> exactly. up with some improvised yeah. line. He looked, you know, he just looked happy. Yeah. He looked comfortable. And I was just thinking, God, you could be a smarmy heel, couldn't he you? He came out and he cut a heel he's promo. Such a good and he's smarmy heel. Such a good heel promo. <laughs> he's awesome. There's a, a gift that uh, I always see on the Wrestling Observer boards that I love. And it was him when he was in FCW. And he's there in his suit and his sunglasses and his hair tied back with his smarmy look on his face. And he's got this valet with him who just leans up and just gives him a little kiss on the cheek. And he just goes, nice. because, of course, of course you kiss him on the cheek. Look at him. Where's that Roman Reigns? That might go, that guy can't get over. He could get over. So those two segments, the John Cena, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, should for me have been at the end of the show. And also, it should have been previous weeks that should have been the go-home angles. Yeah, but it's that Monday Night Football thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where they're like, they basically book a two-hour show and then have filler in the third hour. Yeah, so the the third hour was uh, Bray Wyatt beating Goldust mm-hmm. off, off the back of Goldust's face paint being rubbed off. They did Finn Balor on a Titan Tron. I don't care at all <laughs> about this feud. No. They've managed to, I'm in negative care now. I've, no. gone, I've gone low care. Then uh, Neville beat Grand Metalik, but before that... Enzo Amore came out to cut oh, a promo. Oh, God, should we talk about this segment? Man and then alive. Braun Strowman ran in and beat up Enzo, presumably to send a message to Brock Lesnar. But that was, like, beating up Enzo Amore <laughs> is not a particularly threatening <laughs> no, message. it's not. It really isn't, yeah. is it? So, all right, guys, guys in WWE, the creative guys, if you want to punish Enzo because he's a dick backstage and no one likes him, fine. Do that. Punish him. Put him in matches where he just gets beaten up. Put him in matches where he just looks like a chump. It's what you did during the big cast feud. Just make him look like a chump week in, week out. If that's what you want to do, if that's how you're getting your kicks to send a message, do that. Don't make him the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship in yeah. that case. You can't have both. As we've said, you can't have your cake and eat it. Mm. So, just, Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Do one or the other. You can't have it both ways. 
and they're trying to because now when like when Neville faces off uh, against Enzo because they on Smackdown they're like oh they're gonna have that face to face between Enzo and Neville couldn't care mate because last time I saw Enzo he'd just been beaten up by Braun Strowman so he's no threat he's a he's a chump and a joke yeah it's it's problematic for everything I just you know obviously if we were in charge I imagine because Enzo is such a good talker just punish him backstage <laughs> make him feel really like little backstage but he can make you money so just, why wouldn't you go with that? Yeah. He sells merch. He's a great talker. There's loads of potential in him, but you are actually slowly, methodically destroying this guy's appeal with the audience over a course of months. It's a systematic destruction this was of so, this. I hated this segment. really did. It really put, it put a downer on the episode for me, which I didn't think was a great episode to begin with, but like it, I, 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 I didn't like the segment at all. I think... Although it was fun to see uh, Braun kick Enzo around. I think prediction... Enzo's going to get released before WrestleMania 34. Ooh, I think strong gonna, prediction. I think they're going to bury him so much that he's, he's, merch well, sales are actually going to stop. He's not going to get reactions from the crowd. And then he'll just be quietly let go on a, fu- on a future Endeavor Friday. Man, I, okay, so what I'm picturing now is in five years' time where you and I are sitting down to do a uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast where mm. we're reviewing an old episode and someone has requested uh, a pay-per-view that Enzo and, uh, and Enzo and Cass were on and they're going to come out to this giant ovation and we're going to sit here and go like, man, they really had something with Enzo, didn't they? Mm. They really had something with him and they just squandered that away. So with Money in the Bank 2011, which we're watching for the Patreon-exclusive podcast... Nice plug. Nice plug. Alex Riley came yeah, out for the raw right. pay, the raw money oh, yeah. in the bank. We like, actually didn't. Oh yeah, talk, he's really good. We didn't talk about Alex Riley, mm. uh, and, and that was at the point when Alex Riley had just split from the Miz, and he came out with that awesome entrance music, and everyone was like, "This guy's like, he's yeah. gonna be a star. He looks good. He's he looks great." And then when was the what was the last we saw of him with his horrible back knee coming out with um, oh man, what was his thing? An in NXT rage, yes, yeah. the rage Alex Riley. It was just this paint, like this MS Paint uh, clip art thing that just said rage on the big mm. screen. You're like, no, don't buy it at all, mate. I last saw him getting jiggy with the hot chick from uh, uh, Glow. From Glow, yeah. yeah. When he showed good up, on on, when he showed up on Glow, and then did some pretty good acting, mm. I was like, oh, good on you, Alex. Yeah, Glad I've always liked. Him. I always liked him, apart from his NXT career. The main event was Jason Jordan beating Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Elias, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. And, uh, yeah, this was the big go-home segment for the pay-per-view. Well, you say this is the big go-home segment. Their big go-home segment was the, the, the showdown between, well, the, the, the Roman Reigns thing, really. Because With someone who wasn't there. Yes. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not saying it's a great go-home sure, segment. Sure. What I'm saying was that was their go-home segment for the show because mm. Raw is now booked to be a two-hour show and then the third hour is just filled with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what this was. This was just six lads having a match and it was a good match i very much enjoyed it mm. but there's so little heat in the last hour because everyone in the audience has seen all the big stars so what you're left with is your mid card yeah that these i mean you've got matt hardy and jeff hardy in there but it just lacked so much star power if you just had like a maybe a three-way between those two guys and jordan you know that could be pretty interesting but this, this was a six person with elias bo dallas and curtis axel as well the last two in particular we've been conditioned not to take seriously whatsoever so this was a really watered down main event it was it was kind of fun there was some nice dissension between man and jeff in there which you know it's just it's just brothers mm. brothers trying to brothers being scamps 
And Jordan got beaten down by Miz afterwards. I like the. Hopefully, it plays into a longer term storyline, which is when Miz broke broke up the Jeff Hardy pin. Yeah, I was going to say because Hardy had this match won, mm. and then Miz broke up that victory. So Corey Graves was putting over commentary as a stupid move because he was like, "Well, Miz knows that he can beat him, so why wouldn't he let him win? Because then he's got an easy task ahead of him on, yeah. on Sunday, which but, is a very good point, Corey." Yeah, but uh, yeah, overall, this you know, Miz saying to Jordan, "I'm gonna be gonna." hold on the champion whatever and you'll still be a bastard which is a good line mm-hmm. but it's not you go home closing line so yes no. but Luke what did you think Raw or Smackdown I feel like I've been really negative on this show and I don't mean to come across like I've been really negative you're I hungry want... aren't you <laughs> only got had... a bit of hanger I know I only had a little, only had a little salad for lunch yeah. it didn't do me any good um, but I it's just crunchy water salad <laughs> it's not really a meal delicious though isn't it I don't like salad. Oh, but they're little corn pieces. It's lovely, mate. No, I don't. It's not for me. No? Oh, no, you, you got a you had a nice little jacket potato, a sweet potato, I think. That was also subpar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am going to go with Raw this week, and because I thought SmackDown was a pretty bad show and outside of mm. um, uh, two moments. So I, yeah, I thought it was a pretty terrible show. I didn't think Raw was much better, but I, I at least there was more on it that I enjoyed. Uh, so I'm going to go Raw this week. I'm going to go SmackDown. It's two weeks in a row yeah. we've done the same thing. Uh, I'm really down on SmackDown at the moment. Mm, down on SmackDown. I am, yeah. That t-shirt's mm. proper gone. Mine, uh, so yeah, they're both not very good shows, but Raw was a go-home show. And I just, I've got higher standards for go-home shows. Very true. Which I don't know why I keep them, because WWE don't see them as anything special anymore. So I, the, my favourite thing of the week was the Kevin Owens promo. Hmm. And I like the Rusev stuff, and I thought the women's division look, is looking promising. Uh, and the hype bros might turn heel in a, and I'm actually excited for that so yeah I've got to go Smackdown see those moments that you cherry pick that does make me excited for Smackdown yeah. that makes me think like man Smackdown's a show I really should check out but I did watch it and yeah. it's it's a really boring presentation of the things that you have mentioned there yeah I agree but there's there was more bits and it's shorter than Raw <laughs> it is shorter than so Raw so Raw had less of those bits and it was longer no, I, I think Raw had its bits. I really like the Reigns promo. Yeah, okay. Man, what a negative show. What a negative man I am. You were very positive. I was very positive on it. Hopefully we we uh, flattened each other out to create yeah. a monotone a monotone <laughs> experience. No yeah. no hints or uh, excitement anywhere. Just No, no, yeah. It's just it, there's no peaks and troughs. It's just a flat line. Yeah, yeah. flat line. That's, that could be our finisher. The flatliner. The flatliner. That was um, Scott Steiner's finisher, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I knew oh, the, the, the Steiner line was uh, Steiner's one. Oh, no, it was just a finishing move. Or just a, a, Let's get no, on with the whatever, iTunes yeah. reviews. Unfortunately, we uh, can't be as rambly as we have been uh, recently. No, because... although, just oh. as a quick follow-up to last Monday's episode, mm-hmm. when we were talking about Necromunda. Yes. Guess what's coming back? Wait, wait, wait! What's ne- Necromunda? Is the Warhammer? It was. It was the small v- skirmish the- version of Nec- of, uh, and it was set like in a, a di- apocalyptic future where there are like gangs fighting each other in the, these desert American streets. football stuff. No, that was Blood Bowl. What's Necromunda? Necromunda. We were talking about. So it's a Games Workshop. Oh, okay. They. W- I thought they were a race rather than a. No, no, it was an actual game. Oh, okay. It's coming yeah. back. It's coming back. Wow. Someone sent me a tweet after the uh, episode had gone out with a link to, and they literally published that article like Whoa. the day before. Saying like we're bringing Necromunda back, and here's like the first images of the Goliaths. Oh, we need to, we need to sponsor us. <laughs> I thought to myself when I said Necromunda, I was like, uh oh, 
Here, yeah. I could spend some money here because I proper loved Necromunda. It was yeah. great. Die cut. You got to get the diecast figures. I think they're doing the plastic now. <sighs> well, all of them. I think so. Oh, that makes me sad. Uh, so yes, the iTunes reviews. Savage AF seventy nine writes, "Love Ollie and Luke. I've listened to Ollie's news updates on YouTube for a while, and they are awesome. The only thing better is an hour of Luke and Ollie banter about wrestling and life." Luke's facial hair is even starting to grow on me. Savage, mate. It's starting to grow on him as well. I think we're singing different songs. We're singing very different songs there. I was singing Chelsea Chelsea by... The Fratellis. Thank you. So was I. Were you? They were... Maybe that's not what I was singing then. you were doing a different... No, I was doing Gary Glitter. I was doing the one that's in Full Monty. We can't talk about racism and a convicted paedophile in the same episode, Luke. You're very right. I do apologise. thin ice right now. Uh, hopefully the fishmonger isn't trapped beneath that ice. Poor segue. Cancelled the network. Got back into wrestling last year after a 16-year hiatus. Mate. Thanks to Ollie on YouTube. <laughs> you made a mistake. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> Don't get back in the... The memories are better. Uh, thanks to Ollie on YouTube and now this podcast. This podcast is better than actually watching hours and hours of WWE. Excellent. Hashtag Swaft. Yes, Cheers, fishmonger. fishmonger. Cheers, Fishmonger. Fishmonger is getting over. He really is. The the lad who keeps dressing up as the fishmonger and sending his images. It's so Chad. Funny. Chad, he's, he's makes the man. me laugh so much. Yeah. Uh, so we Chad will be back on Saturday with uh, 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 no mercy predictions. Certainly will be. And we will actually be at your stag party. Yeah, I know. We're going. So for our American uh, listeners, that is a bachelor party. But yes, this weekend is my stag do, which I'm very excited about. I'm worried. I'm worried about the things and the planned. So, yes, we'll see you on Saturday. Love you. Bye. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 